The Buffalo Bills have won the AFC East three consecutive seasons, but uh, they have not been able to parlay that into postseason success. Uh, trying to track down our uh, frequent guest over the years, Matt Perino from uh, now nyup.com. So we'll try to uh, catch up with him here in a couple of minutes. In the meantime, I'll just kind of – oh, we have Matt. Uh, thank you very much. On to Matt. And, uh, Matt, let's start with uh, last season, the Bills eliminating the postseason at home by the Bengals. There was a lot going on at the end of last season, injuries and obviously uh, the DeMar Hamlin situation. Were the Bills just kind of mentally spent by the end of last season, or was there more to it than that? I mean, whenever you get beat that way in your own building in the playoffs, like, you know, there's there's probably things you got to go back to the drawing board and evaluate. And did that did the whole DeMar Hamlin situation help anything? No. I, I do think that there was a level of um, exhaustion, like, within the organization, like, from at all levels. Uh, that was a really ro- roller coaster of emotions to kind of go on. But then you go taking Stephon Diggs' frustration at the end of the year with the way – you know, the offense just wasn't operating the same it was early in the season. So there, there's definitely some question marks about how last year kind of unfolded and how they've addressed some of the concerns that maybe Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott had and how they're planning to kind of roll it back here this year. One big change this season is that longtime defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier has moved on, so head coach Sean McDermott back to calling the defense. Were you surprised that Frazier left? And also, does McDermott expanding his duties uh, change the scheme? And how does that change his everyday duties? Um, That's a good question. I I think um, it was a bit of a surprise just because he's been such a um, constant in this organization since McDermott came over. Uh, McDermott oftentimes said how important he's been uh, as a veteran experienced coach, uh, to have that uh, on your right side for all of these years as he's developed as himself as a head coach was helpful. Um, but I wonder if the way that the season has ended in the last couple of years really kind of led all parties to the parting of ways. And, you know, they, they said that Leslie wanted to step away, and it was kind of funny the way that it happened, when it happened. Then it, you know, it. Uh, comes out that he's like you know talking to other teams about coaching and so yeah it was it, maybe just best to move in a new direction. Um, McDermott's defense is probably going to be a lot different. Um, I think he's going to be more aggressive. I think that he you know he's a very competitive guy. Whereas Leslie was more of like a methodical, calm, cool, collected, never too high, never too low. McDermott's fiery on the sideline and he's reactive in a lot of ways. Ron Rivera said. When he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina, I mean, he's a, he's as aggressive as it as it gets. So, I think from a blitzing perspective, from a way that maybe he tweaks uh, his defense, the way that he plays their zone scheme, uh, I think they're going to move some things around and try to be a little more creative. Last year was year one of Ken Dorsey replacing Brian Dable as the offensive coordinator. How about a uh, Dorsey report card from 2022, and what might he try to improve upon in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably give him a B for for year one. I mean, it, it's hard to give him too low of a mark because his offense is still one of the best in the league. I mean, they were I think, the number two scoring offense in the NFL at, at top five 
six passing game. The run game is always good because Josh Allen uh, is a part of it. Uh, but I think they did a lot of th- good things, and they didn't like really take a step back without Brian Dable. Now, you know, I think there's a lot that goes into becoming an offensive coordinator, learning your personnel, and then also how to pivot when philosophically, you know, you struggle at times. Like, what what else do you have in your tool chest to kind of bring out when defenses are taking things away? And I mentioned Stephon Diggs' frustration. The way that teams took him out of the, the game, and, you know, and he felt that that, that was a – to the team's detriment, especially in the end against Cincinnati, when there was nobody else that was able to step up. The year before, in the in the Kansas City game, that was Gabe Davis's coming out party, right? The four touchdown right. game, yeah. and everybody was like, "Wow, this is going to be huge." Um, then that never really materialized. He was banged up all last year, but you know, I think Dorsey has a better foundational understanding of what he has to do. He learned a lot from last season. I would imagine he's much more in lockstep with his coaching staff. Um, and, and they're hoping that's going to yield big results this year. Josh Allen, his turnovers increased last season, 14 picks, lost six fumbles. How much uh, was Allen trying to do too much, maybe even having to do too much? Uh, and also the elbow injury that he suffered in early November, You know, how much of a role did that play? Played a, played a pretty big role, I think. He downplayed it, he still downplays it. But there was a, a stretching routine that he that he adopted after the injury that pretty exhaustive. I mean, like 10, 15 minutes in, in pregame warmups. He was doing in practice every day. He still does that um, to this day. So that's something that, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that it's still affecting him. I mean, the way that he's thrown it in training camp and preseason, I mean, the, the arm's all good. Uh, but I think it affected, especially that short area uh, where he struggled with early in his career, you know, made some really good strides with it. And then, that seemed to take a little bit of a dip after the injury. Um, I'm not too concerned about the turnovers. Um, 14, like in that 8 to 14 interception range, you're always going to live in that world with Josh Allen because of the arm. Uh, he make, he tries a lot of throws that most quarterbacks wouldn't even attempt, and, and he makes a lot of them. Uh, with that, you're going to have some turnovers. And then they're going to try to run him less or, or take better care of his body. And that comes down to him, too. I mean, he's got to make better decisions when the ball's in his hands running with it. Uh, and so I think that could maybe bring down the number of fumbles if he's not putting himself in so many situations where, you know, there's danger. Um, but, yeah, I think Josh Allen will be fine. Okay, you mentioned Steph Diggs, not, not always a happy camper. Uh, is this just part of the package that the Bills need to accept? I mean, there are some wide receivers that have been – you know, thrown into the diva category. So how do we you know, break that down? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call him a diva, but I um, there's definitely like a a level of frustration that grows, and I think part of that is just he is ultra competitive, um, and for good reason. I mean, they have everything. Like that's been the quote to me from this offseason that stuck out, stuck out the most from Diggs was when he said, listen, we have everything. We have the coaches, we have the players, we have the quarterback. Like, when you have all of those things and you you continue kind of banging your head against the wall, and when he got here his first year, they went to the AFC title game. Second year, they, they go out and won one of the greatest playoff games ever against KC in the divisional round, and then they lose at home in the divisional round the next year. So it almost feels like 
I would imagine to him, step back after step back after step back. You know, I'm sure that in a perfect world they never admit it, but the Bills would, would love it if he handled it things a little bit differently uh, at times. But he's a very emotional person, very emotional player, and I think that's part of what makes him great. They're all on the same page right now. Uh, will they stay that way throughout the season? I think a lot of that will depend on you know how much success they're able to have. Okay, I'm hearing lots about James Cook and uh, rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid. How are they going to fit in? Uh, I think I've, I've talked a lot about it since they drafted Kincaid. It's a very important piece to what they do that's been lost since they lost Cole Beasley. That's a lot. Um, you know, they're going to do it a little bit differently. Like, I don't know if it if Kincaid's as sudden, but he's explosive and he's super. He's got great feet. Uh, so that part of the offense is going to be great. But I think Cook is another level of scary potential for defenses because when he's on the field, you don't know what he's going to do. I mean, you can he, he can he can line up out wide. He can line up in the slot. He can line up as a fullback. He could be in motion. They can run gadget plays with him. Or he could just run it like a traditional back. Yeah, I think he's got crazy upside. It's why, you know, I got Bills fans in my DMs and texting me. Uh, what what about Jonathan Taylor? Should the Bills go out? No, 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 no. James Cook is a guy that they're super high on, and he doesn't have a lot of touches between college and the pros. He's got three hundred and twenty some odd carries. I mean, he is as fresh as it comes uh, in the NFL, and you got him for three more years on, on that rookie contract. They brought in Damian Harris. They brought in Latavius Murray for those tough physical matchups when you want to grind it out in between the tackles. But I think James Cook has the potential to be a real fun weapon for this offense. Okay, so we've talked about all the flashy, skilled position players here. Uh, the offensive line uh, has not been physical enough in some of these losses the last couple of years. Uh, they've had some offensive line injuries the last couple of weeks. So what's the state of the offensive line? And uh, you know, what are the expectations of that group this season? Yeah, they lost a uh, backup tackle for the season in Tommy Doyle. Tough situation. Uh, he had a torn ACL last year, rehabbed all the way back, and you know something pretty bad happened to his other knee uh, in the preseason game the other day. But, again, that's a, he's kind of more of a depth guy. Um, I, I, I'd probably call him like a fourth or fifth tackle. So it's not a massive, massive loss. It doesn't change a lot. But there's just less bodies now behind Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins. And to be honest with you, I don't think either of them played very well against Pittsburgh a couple days ago, uh, but they're the best of what they got. And I think they got to get back to playing at a level. Like in, in Brown's rookie 21, he really started to come on late in the year in Brandon Bean's eyes. Um, I didn't. I, I, I don't know if I agree totally with that, but that's the assessment of the general manager. And Deion Dawkins, for the last 10 games, including that KC playoff game, is the best football of his career. Uh, he took a, a, a pretty large step back last year. And if the tackles are going to be a problem still, you know, that's a huge concern for a team that, listen, it's great to have a Josh Allen who can, you know, make something out of nothing when, you know, teams are rushing and trying to get after him. But, listen, he needs to be protected, especially on the edge going against some of the elite edge rushers that they'll face on this schedule. So it's a concern. They didn't do a lot to address the position. They're, they basically stood pat with Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins. No competition for the third-year tackle. So, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Talking Bills with Matt Perino. Let's flip this to the defense. Von Miller went down with a knee injury last November. What's his current status, and uh, 
how much does the 2023 defense depend on his status? I mean, it definitely depends on his his status and him getting back to some level that he played at last year. I mean, he's an elite pass rusher, and they need that. Um, they're going through a identity change as a defense. They were, they're without Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, they drafted him in 18 yeah. along with Josh Allen, and he's now in Chicago, and they found no answer at middle linebacker so far throughout the summer. Uh, they're still uh, – that, that position battle is ongoing. It hasn't been good from anybody there. And so – if, you, if your front is not what you're hoping it to be, I mean, you're going to probably be exposed quite a bit at the second level despite having one of the best linebackers in the league in Matt Milano. So um, they need him back. We'll see. Uh, I'm anticipating he'll start the year on pop, which will count uh, will cost him at least the first four games. Uh, but I think that week six spot is something that he mentioned a few months ago. It's kind of a sweet spot where I think they might be expecting him back. I was going to get to Edmonds, so you already covered that. So let's get to the secondary. Uh, presumably, presumably a healthy stud corner now with Trey White and also Jordan Poyer uh, to some extent, uh, surprisingly, was re-signed. How do you break down the secondary? It's interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a good group considering you got three all-pros back there, but it's an aging group. I mean, po- Poyer and Micah Hyde are you know on the, on the wrong side of 30. Um, I thought, um, you know, if you get into this season and they either or both have lost a step, I mean, it's, it's concerning. And because for so long they were this group back there that scared quarterbacks and offensive coordinators. I mean, Bill Belichick had talked about it for years. Even when Tom Brady was there, when Micah and Jordan showed up, teams just didn't want to attack them at that, at that third level. Uh, now, if there's any type of drop-off, that could be a dangerous spot because they don't have a cornerback too yet. They drafted Kyer Elam in the first round last year. He's still not been able to secure that starting job. Dane Jackson's probably the favorite at this point. Christian Benford, the sixth-rounder last year, is still fighting for it. And you hope Trey White is the Trey White of old, and he's looked like it at times this summer, but that's not a guarantee yet. Coming Like ACL sometimes change a lot of things for guys. So um, we will see if it is if every player is a version of them that we remember, it's going to be a really good secondary, but question mark. All right, the special teams, how do you evaluate that group and how difficult uh, do you think it's going to be to replace Naheem Hines, who's out for the season after a non-football injury in the offseason? Well, what's funny is they went out and they signed one of the most uh, electric punt returners of the last couple of years and Deontay Hardy, uh, formerly known as Deontay Harris, from New Orleans, he just missed all of last season. But he was, I think he was an all-pro as a returner mm-hmm. in 2021. And they're excited about what that can mean. Because uh, I think Naheem Hines, they had bigger plans for him in the offense this year, might have even taken that off of his plate. So I think that they're set at returner. Um, I think the kickoff rules kind of change things anyway. Like our team's going to be downing it in the, in the regular season. We will wait and see. Uh, but special teams, they're always pretty good there um, outside of that 13-second uh, situation a couple years ago. All right. Lastly, the Bills' consensus win total uh, for the season is 10.5. So the Bills over under 10.5 regular season wins. And do they uh, get over the pl- uh, postseason hump and reach the Super Bowl next February? Oh, man, that's, uh, that's a lot you're putting on my, my plate right there. Um <laughs> I think over 10.5 wins, 
Um, I just think that Sean McDermott, his track record shows that he gets, you know, uh, finds a way in the regular season to win games. I mean, going back to when they snuck into the playoffs in 17, it, 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 unless something super goes wrong injury-wise or if maybe there really is uh, some type of dissension in the organization that some have tried to paint that picture this offseason, like maybe that materializes and we see a little bit more of that. But right now, I just think that they there's urgency. Um, and they get to play this role of underdog. Nobody believes in them now because Aaron Rodgers in the division, Miami's going to be really good. You got Baltimore improving. The AFC is uh, is really just an absolute loaded conference. And so, um, do they go back to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't think I'm comfortable predicting that, seeing how the playoffs have gone the last couple of years. But if you ask me if they have enough talent to do it and the players to do it, I say yeah. Matt, why don't you let everybody know how they can get a hold of your stuff? Yep, I'm at, at Matt Perino, uh, P-A-R-R-I-N-O on Twitter. That's the best spot. All right, Matt, good stuff. I'm sure we'll be talking during the season. Thanks a lot. Sounds good. Take care. Matt Perino of nyup.com.